right, welcome to the Pat Life Podcast. As always, I am Patrick, and today we have a very special guest. Now, for everyone who listens to the show, um, everyone's been very much looking forward to this conversation, uh, especially after the last few that we've had, um, specifically talking with uh, Vicki Joy Anderson. We were talking about sleep paralysis, and we were diving into some of these uh, these more uh, darker forces that are around us all the time um, that a lot of people uh, for a long time had either ignored or been told to ignore or told that it was all just made up. And uh, through that journey, through these conversations, the the name Jerry Marzinski started getting brought up quite a bit. Um, I was aware of Jerry, who is our guest today, for a little bit. But uh, when I heard through conversations, other conversations were happening simultaneously and uh, Jerry's name kept getting brought up. Uh, I thought, what better what better decision to make than to get him on the show if we can? And he was kind enough to join us on the show. Now, I just want to give quick background to who Jerry is. Jerry is a uh, BA and a medical doctor based or med and uh, is a retired licensed Whoa. psychotherapist. If no, I'm, stop not, me. I'm not, a, I'm not a medical doctor. MED. What is MED? That's a, that's mean um, master's of education. Oh, sorry. I totally misread it. I missed the dot. So a master's education and he's a retired psychotherapist with over 35 years of experience working with and studying the thought processes of psychotic and criminally insane patients in some of the most volatile psychiatric institutions in the nation, which we're going to dive into a lot of that today. He has held the positions of second Lieutenant Arizona Civil Air Patrol and assistant scout master. His formal academic training comprises a BA in psychology from Temple University, a master's degree in counseling from the University of Georgia, and two years of study in the PhD psychology program. He is the co-author of An Amazing Journey into the Psychotic Mind, Breaking the Spell of the Ivory Tower. He's got a lot under his belt. Welcome to the show, Jerry. What's up? Good to be here. Oh, thank you, man. Well, you know, I we in our field, in our world, at least in uh, the people who listen, you know, we you take titles and accolades with a grain of salt. And as you'll know, and you will discuss here today, a lot of people in your field with the titles, with the accolades, um, Don't that doesn't, know mean, jack crap. <laughs> doesn't mean much, but I bring it yours up today. I wanted to give your bio. I usually don't go crazy into bios. I let people just naturally organically tell their who they are, but I wanted to preface that today because this is a topic that of all the shows that I've done, I've done over now 130 something shows. This has been the most engaging, interactive response when I just saying that someone's coming on a show. So that means that, and I've had a lot of people tell and ex- their, share their experiences or someone in their family's experiences with what we're going to talk about today. So I wanted to just preface that with, for those listening, Jerry's worked with this world, with these people every day for 35 plus years. So it, he's experienced the spectrum um, and being able to then discern and take all that and go, something's not right here with how we're handling this and approaching this. So I want to just preface all that right now. Uh, But with that, Jerry, your background and everything else, you said, and you've done at your other shows, you you made it clear in your books and our emails that you realized that something wasn't right in the way things were handled in your field. If we may, let's just start off with, okay, how is the system handling patients if that's cool with you how is like the norm well the norm is to drug them silly drug them you know, silly. and and what they're basically what they're doing with these expensive toxic drugs are just suppressing psychiatric symptomatology they're not curing anything mm-hmm. 
you know, they cure nothing. They don't make any money by curing anything. They make money by endlessly prescribing drugs and office visits. Right. And uh, the, the norm now is for, you know, the more severely uh, psychologically disturbed. They put them on um, antipsychotic drugs. They, the, the side effects to these drugs are terrible. I mean, they're mm -hmm. absolutely terrible. You know, it, the, the side effects are actually, you're, you're being poisoned, you know, but it, it, they are, they're like major tranquilizers. They calm the person down, at least with schizophrenics. And that's not what the voices want. They don't, they don't want to be calmed down. They want to hype the person up. So they put these people on the drugs. They admit them to a psych hospital. They uh, charge them, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. They put them on the psych drugs. They keep them there until their insurance runs out. Then they release them, you know, with a prescription for these drugs. And they stay on the drugs for as long as they can take it, which is a lot of times just a few months. And then they go off again, get psychotic again. And the whole merry-go-round spins again. They go back into the hospital. They put them on the drugs. They lock them up. Uh, or they get suicidal and they're brought back to the hospital. It just goes round and round and round. With each revolution of the wheel, milking the insurance companies, the, the governments of tens of thousands of dollars every time around. And mm -hmm. putting them on, on different, they have a, uh, a formulary of different drugs, but they don't cure anything. So it's, it's, a, it's a giant fleecing operation. I mean, it's a, it's a psychiatric cabal. I call them the psychiatric mafia. Mm -hmm. you know, they cure nothing, absolutely. Matter of fact, they don't want to cure. So, you know, a, a while back, uh, I think, I don't know how long ago it was, uh, you know, 15, 10, 15 years, the National Institute of Mental Health got criticized for spending a lot more money on all kinds of other disorders rather than schizophrenia. Mm. You know, so instead of spending more money for research on schizophrenia, they redefined the definition of schizophrenia and lowered the number of people with schizophrenia in the United States and made those numbers jump up. And I have little doubt that the, the pharmaceutical industry was behind that. They don't want a cure for schizophrenia. And we've mm -hmm. got one. You right. know, it, we've proved it. I mean, a handful of people, more than a handful, have recovered. Not a lot. You know, maybe, maybe 10. But it shows it can be done without the drugs. So yeah. if we if we may, because I think this is all going to organically happen, I just want to let you kind of flow with this train of thought. What is that cure? Because as I have some questions that people have asked is going, I've had family or I, I experience or whatever. Is there a way to cure this? And because people said all they've been telling us is drugs. All they've no. been telling. So yeah, drugs. No. Right. First of all, they have to know the truth. And the, the truth is that those voices are not hallucinations, like the psychiatric mafia says, they run a series of patterns. And which you did send to me, by the way, I okay. did look over. So, so we can definitely, that. we can definitely talk about that. If you want to dive into some of the specifics, I know I definitely have questions and thoughts on it. So but you're saying that they run in patterns, it's not hallucinations, like they say. No, there's there's like 23 different patterns. Okay, so if they're running patterns, they're not hallucinations, hallucinations are random. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. If they're running patterns, they're not hallucinations. Second thing is psychology and psychiatry and the medical establishment have done no research whatsoever on the voices. 
None. They just arrogantly, you know, kind of reminds me of the old Egyptian priests. They just come up and go, well, they're hallucinations because we said so. They haven't done one iota of research into it at all. Matter of fact, when I was asking questions about the voices, I got stopped over the period of, well, when I first started off at the state hospital, I got called up before two psychiatrists and one medical director for asking questions about the voices. And I was told, you won't do that. You know, these are hallucinations. And if you ask questions about them, you're just reinforcing the hallucinations and making them stronger. That's not what I saw. (laughs) You know, now they did get upset when I did ask questions about it. The voices don't want people probing into that. They don't want people understanding that they are not hallucinations. These They run fixed patterns. It's almost like they're all cut in the same cookie cutter. You know, the voices that I dealt with at the state hospital in Milledgeville, Georgia, were saying the same things to those patients there as they were saying here in Arizona. You know, so what, it, it, what were some same. of those? What were some of those for? Because I know people listening have someone oh, in their the, family. The, the things that the voices tell them that you were saying, like what was happening here in Georgia, what was also happening in Arizona. Like, what are some a few examples where people? Well, the examples are they're telling these these people the same things, right? You know, like, so it's like you're no good. You're you're evil. You're ugly. Nobody likes you. Uh, um, they're, they're just faking like they like you. People are talking behind your back. Uh, you're stupid. You're ugly. Uh, you'll never succeed at any that kind of stuff. It's just right. negative, and that's the first pattern I saw that the voices were consistently negative. You know, mm-hmm. and then the question you have to ask when you see that is what holds them to such a negative pattern? Why aren't they random like all other hallucinations? Mm-hmm. And then other patterns started popping up, you know, which means that something is holding them on those patterns. They're not random. Yep, absolutely. And and I just and the reason why I wanted to start that is because I know you've talked about that before of like it starts with these, you know, you're not good enough, this and that. And I, you know, uh, my producer who you spoke to, um, Anchor, we were talking about this in a, a pre-show basically because a lot of people were excited to have this uh, this conversation we're having and listen. And one of the things we brought up is is that, and what I was thinking is is that is there layers to these voices that a lot of us experience? And you yeah, know, there are because ultimately one thing that I was thinking about is is you know you very much are working with you know the most like quote unquote psychotic, you know, mentally, you know, deranged or most possessed in some ways people, but there's layers to it where I just was thinking like, how many people do hear those voices in their head of, I'm not good enough. You're not worthy. You're ugly. And they're just your everyday person, quote unquote. And it's all, you know what I mean? So there's layers to this. Is there not? Yeah, sure. Everybody hears them. Now the, the thing is that we're taught from the time we're little that every thought you have in your head belongs to you that is far far from truth you know mm-hmm. these these voices don't come from you you don't you know the human being doesn't turn on itself the human spirit does not turn on itself something else is turning on you but the thing is it sounds just like your own thoughts you know the thousands of thoughts you have run through your head every day it sounds just like them only the intention is different. Every negative thought about yourself or somebody else comes from the dark side. Now, the third way to identify them, and this is one of the ways that, you know, you have to start there. Realize that they're not you. They don't belong to you. They don't come from you. Mm-hmm. you know, they're against you. Yeah. You know? And the, the third way to identify them is by their intent. 
Their intent is always negative. It's malicious. It's it's not in your best interest. So if you hear a voice telling you to do something, you go, a lot of people are like, I'm, th- I'm not going to do that. You know, that's not their intent. Right. Yeah. So those three things have to be taken into account for the first step to recovery is to realize that not all the thoughts that come into your head belong to you. And this happens to everybody. And you, like you said, there are layers. It, it, you know, there was one day, uh, I don't know, maybe last year, I remember I was out in the backyard out here in Arizona. We don't, a lot of people don't have lawns. You go out there with machete and cut down the cactus. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so I had the machete in hand. I'm cutting cactus and I have a, a beautiful white husky and she runs by. She didn't, she wasn't irritating me or nothing. And here comes this thought booming through my head, cut her head off. And I'm like mm-hmm. horrified. You know, it's like, what, what? Yep. That's not me. And, and, you know, people, they experience that all the time. They drive your car into oncoming traffic or jump off the bridge or, you know, I don't know how many people standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon hear a voice say, hey, jump. And I know a preacher who heard that once. Yep. You know, those are not your thoughts. They don't belong to you. And your reaction to them shows that. I mean, sends chills up your spine. I'd never do that. I'm not going to do that. That Where'd that come from? Exactly. They hit us all. And this is, and this is the reason why I'm so glad you brought that up because anyone listening, whether you have someone in your family that's considered clinically quote unquote schizophrenic and this and that, every single one of us has gone through that experience of those thoughts that that go, whoa, I cannot believe that I thought that. And as you're saying, it's not you because what is interesting is, is when people think that, and then they go to the system and it's going, man, I've had these like weird random thoughts and it's going, and, and to some degree it is, I, I'm not saying it's not, they're going, oh, it's the TV you're watching. It's the music you listen to. And yes, that all does, that does feed certain energies and certain forces. You hit it right on the head when you said energy, thoughts are energy. Your mind mm-hmm. is energy. Yep. You know, what you're talking about is the energy universe. In the energy universe, there is no time. There is no space. There is no matter. You know, in your mind, there is no time, space, or matter. The, the rules of the energy universe are much different than they are in the physical universe. You know, and, and what psychiatry and psychology today have really screwed up on is they don't take the spirit into account. You know, and we are spiritual yeah. beings. We are spiritual, energetic beings. You know, now, a new therapy has, has come out, and it's amazing because a guy who put this together spent his whole life putting it together. He had nothing to do with psychology, counseling, psychiatry, nothing. He was a, a ship captain. You know, he's a ship captain, but he was a genius. And, and what he did is he read all this, all this stuff all the time. He's reading, reading, and he's trying to put together how the, how the mind worked. How did it work? And the guy's name was John Mace. And a, after a lifetime, he finally got it. And he, he saw that the energy frozen due to trauma is what creates all the problems. You know, so he's got a way which with, I've been learning it for, I don't know, maybe six months or more now. But it's um, a way to go in there and have the spirit show you where that stuff is and then bring it up and dissolve the emotional charge with it. And it's all done energetically. You can't get rid of it by pouring drugs on it. It's like getting a, a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. The the magnetic field is energy, but you can't see it, you can't feel, it, you can't smell it, you can't t- you can't sense it. You get a bottle of iron filings, and then it'll appear. Well, it's the same thing with traumas. 
Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't see them. They affect your, your, your behavior. They affect your thought. They affect your feeling, but you can't see them because they're buried. Yep. So what happens when you, when you hit a trauma, the ego grabs it and it says, Oh, I'll handle this. And it buries it, it buries it alive. And yep. then you become part of that. And that becomes part of your personality. And it's, it's, that's frozen energy that's stuck in there. It's like a virus in a computer. Yep. Jerry, I'm about to blow your mind here because, and this is in the way I say that is because, so just real quick, everyone who listens to my show knows this, my background's in personal training. I'm very much, um, I've been on my journey too, looking at the body in a whole new way. As you brought something up, as you said, that what we're missing in the establishment is spirit. And this has everything to do with what you're talking about. Because I've been on my own path, identical to what this John Mace is saying, is that when you're in this mindset where we've lost the spirit, what you've lost ultimately in regards to spirit is breath. Majority of people in my field, in what I've experienced for over 10 years of working with people, is how many people don't know how to breathe. And this is important because when you understand the importance of the breath, filling up the lungs, moving through the heart, in that everything, everything works in oscillations. Everyone who listens to my show already knows about this. Everything moves in an oscillation. The heart is an oscillation. The way the, the, the cerebral spinal fluid, everything, if we're moving the way the body's naturally designed, it's creating vortex. It's creating flow. When you create trauma, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, what it does is it creates a tenseness. It creates a tightening motion. And what it's doing literally is it's creating this stagnant water within the body. And when you understand what water really is and really understand the magnitude of this, the stagnation of the blood, the stagnation of the water, the tightening of the body, not moving again in its natural design, what it's doing to your point is it's now literally creating this holding of trauma. When I've trained people, and I've talked about this so many times, when I train people and I put them in a position and I have them focus on their breath, get into the positions where it's like, oh, my knees had issues for so long, yada, yada, yada. We hold them. We move through it in a way that they feel controlled. Everything's moving. I've had more people come out bawling, crying than I've ever experienced. And they go, I don't know why this is happening. And I go, well, what are you thinking about? They go, I went back to the memory of the trauma that occurred. And you asked me to breathe through it. I've never been able to do it because it's now in a physical form. We're literally physically experiencing the release of that stagnation. As you said, that frozen, you've released it. You've created heat literally by movement. You create temperature and now the memories pour out the memory that's held in the salt of the water essentially. But, and this is, and I just, and that's why I wanted to talk to you and you're bringing up all these things that are direct line with what it is that I'm trying to do with people is going, you can't just tell someone, hey, stop thinking about this. Stop this, right? Those voices are dark forces. We'll get you, right? They're, they're there. But what happens, and at least what I'm experiencing, is when you put people under physical stress, adding back into their life the spirit, the breath, really bringing it back and putting people's attention on that stress and moving through it with control, with purpose, with desire, gratitude, all these things, people, it sounds like what you're saying too, get back of control of that positive gratitude voice of I can do this. I am worthy. I am grateful. I am appreciative. I'm not just a, a clump of this, or I'm not just, you know, you know, you know, whatever, uh, meat, a meat puppet. I'm more than that. Um, but anyway, I know I just wanted, but this it's direct in line with everything you're saying. 
Well, what, what May struggled with for, for years was how to find where those traumas were located because mm-hmm. they're buried. Yeah. You know, they, they come up when, you know, you have, there's a reaction, like mm-hmm. somebody you hate, there's, there's a trauma buried there based on those, those facets of that personality. Yep. So th- he's, he's come up with a way where the spirit can help you locate exactly where that trauma is Interesting. and then then we can go in there and we can get rid of it and i've had so much improvement i mean so quickly i've never seen anything like the mace energy method i mean i've, I've you know it's four years of undergraduate and four years of graduate school they don't have anything that can even touch this wow is he still I mean, alive it goes in there so quick and so fast and it just within an hour you can have the biggest trauma resolved most of the time wow you is know, he still it, alive no, he's he's uh, he's dead, but uh, one of his two of his associates are still alive, and I'm in close contact with them. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm constantly asking them questions as far as my personal practice that mm-hmm. I treat patients. When I run into something I don't understand, I'll I'll hit them and yeah. But uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of people starting to recover. I've got two people now that fully recovered from schizophrenia. Wow. And in the prison, I got in trouble for that. You know, I was put under investigation because these people were recovering. You know, and that shouldn't happen, according to psychiatry. It's a lifetime sentence. Right. So here's these prisoners, you know, they're dumping drugs into them. And after, and that, this is before I knew the mace, you know, the mace stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing it kind of the hard way. And it took a lot longer, you know, maybe three to six months in a lot of cases, maybe sometimes longer. But you know, I had the time there and uh, they'd recover. And I remember one guy, he recovered and he went off his meds and the, they noticed it. And that was very suspicious to him. And he, he said, well, what, what happened? And he said, well, I've been working with Jerry and da, 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 I don't need the meds anymore. So this, the um, chief psychologist goes, well, this shouldn't happen. And he started sending all these stooges down to try to, what are you doing in there? Of course, I couldn't tell him. You know, right. I, I, I just, well, I'm just talking to him. So they started cornering the inmates mm-hmm. and, and, uh, they wouldn't tell him either. You know, so there was one guy who he fully recovered and he had a valid MMPI at the time he came into the prison. So the chief psychologist saw that and he goes, uh, he sent down his, his stooge to investigate and the prisoners and he asked the prisoner, what, what are you doing in there? prisoner knew what he was up to and he said he's helping us not like you asshole and boy that set him off so he said okay will you take another mmpi and he said yeah sure i will so he ran him through it both profiles were valid the first one showed he was psychotic as bed bug the second one showed no psychotic features whatsoever so that really torqued him off i thought they'd be happy about that because they're spending a lot of money on those antipsychotic drugs yep. and they're not doing anything except rotting out the paper the the patient's brain you know yep that that's another thing that uh, the psychiatric mafia doesn't want you to know that with long-term use those drugs shrink your brain like a walnut they cause severe psychological, neurological damage. Yep. You know, and when they discovered that, the psychiatric mafia went, oh, no, it's not our drugs. It's a schizophrenia doing that. You know, And here they were finding them in autopsies, You know, like state hospital patients or patients who've been on those drugs for years. They all had shrunken brains. And when and they brought that up, 
they, the, you know, the big farm and the, and the psychiatric mafia went nuts. Like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's just schizophrenia. So some of the other more honest researchers started feeding those drugs to rats and monkeys. Yeah. And the same thing happened. You know? right. And then they try to bring that up. You know, they washed it away. You know, they don't. I've never seen a psychiatrist tell anybody how dangerous these drugs were. They'll say, oh, yeah, your, your vision will get blurred. Uh, your tongue might get uh, thick. You, you, you're you going to feel groggy for a while. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, it'll it'll just in a couple of weeks and you, you'll be OK. Yep. hundred percent. And this is like I said, I've had, uh, you know, MDs on that have dealt with patients in regards to, you know, quote unquote disease and things like that. And the, they have done the same thing in regards to creating a different approach to actually curing. And when I say cure, it's letting the person who's going through the experience, let their body do what it needs to do in order to heal appropriately. Let the body do what it's already perfectly designed to do and getting out of the way. And I've had a lot of people like yourself in different fields, but similarly helping others, same thing, same story. Hey, we didn't have to use these drugs, guys. We we're, we're helping. We're saving these people. We're actually doing it. No, 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 no. Come here. You don't do that. And same thing. I've had people that I've had on my show, doctors who have literally been, uh, been on the most wanted list in regards to uh, had to move out of the country purely purely because they saw some embezzlements and nefarious actions happening within the medical system and the banks brought it to some attention and they were like you need to get out of the states you you're you're not wanted here and it was purely going no one's dying in my practice everyone's feeling better and I'm and I'm drawing attention to something that's nefarious and yeah, you've they, lived and you're living those things, as you said yourself, where you're like, you're getting investigated. You're, you know, you have people breathing down your neck. You have possibly threats happening. I can imagine all for what helping people get better and letting them heal. And that's where I see the, you know, and I can experience it's, you know, similarly, but not to the same extent, this, this, this mindset of going, I can't trust anything any of you say other than that, what you are saying is not in the best intention and in, 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 you know, heart in the best heart space for those people, whether you realize that or not. Yeah. And you, you, you hit it right on the head when, when you're talking about trauma, because you, you talk to these schizophrenics and it's trauma after trauma, after trauma, after trauma, after trauma. And that's what causes schizophrenia. Th those traumas. Right. I mean, you know, when, when I was working in the prison, when I would, I'd, I'd see something, you know, a criminally insane guy come in and I'd, I go, Oh man, what he did was terrible. And I'd go check his records and it was just God awful. And then you look into how he was treated as a child, mm -hmm. you know, he, he was tortured. They were burnt, they were beaten, they were starved, they were locked in dark rooms. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you think about what the war does to people. I mean, massive trauma with wars, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it, it has to do with, you know, like, like you said, the energy. So you, energy, for the most part, is pure. You look at a magnetic field, it's pure. There's no pollution to it. Gravity, it's pure. You know, uh, electricity is pure. The human spirit is pure. Your energetic right. being is pure. All this other crap, you know, the upsets are due to traumas. Mm -hmm. So it's critical to know how to get in there, find that trauma, and release it. To help right. the person out. So with these traumas and kind of freezing, you know, freezing people in space, I guess from your opinion, why is, does that 
and how does that create an opening for these entities like that or these dark forces like well, what well, what's the relationship one thing i noticed uh, when i was working at the uh at the state prison I didn't know what caused it for for more than seven years while working there. I didn't know what caused it, but I noticed a one-to-one correlation between the voices attacking these patients and their energy level dropping down to zero. I mean, they couldn't mm-hmm. even get out of bed in the morning and all they were doing was laying and tossing and turning all night with hearing the voices attacking them. And for years, I thought, you know, probably much more than a decade, probably close to two decades, I thought, well, that's because the voices are so horrible. They're, you know, they're telling them you're no good, you're rotten, uh, da, 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 nobody likes you, you're you're just a waste. Just, why don't you just go ahead and kill yourself? I mean, mm-hmm. battering 24 hours a day, this is what they're putting up with. So I just assumed, which wasn't good, <laughs> but it's the only thing that made sense to me was that, you know, that's why their energy levels down. If you were hearing that all the time, you know, it'd be like, oh, you know, it'd be like a burden. But there was one day where they had, they always put me over the toughest units. So I had one medium custody unit and they put me also over the jail for the entire prison, which were the worst of the worst went to the jail. Mm. Okay. So there was one day I came to my office and here was an inmate kite from a prisoner who was in that jail with a floridly psychotic cellmate and the cellmate was walking back and forth he didn't sleep he's pacing the floor he's talking to who knows what and he's standing over this other prisoner at, at three in the morning just staring at him just in the not in the dark just staring at him and that prisoner was getting spooked so i read that and then in comes a call from the captain of that unit and he said, you got to come over here because, you know, there's problems in that cell. You need to do something with the, you know, the crazy guy who's pacing and staring and freaking out this other guy. So I checked out both of them. And the other the other inmate in that cell was in there for protective custody. He had snitched off a drug deal with the Aryan Brotherhood. They'd already stabbed him once. They were sending letters under his under his door saying, you know, you, as soon as we get it, we're here. You know, we're here. We're waiting for you. As soon as we get a chance, you're done. You're dead. So they got into trouble to get into the jail. So they just so they could get at this guy. They were really pissed at him because the the prison administrators took that entire gang and they shipped it all over the state. They broke it up. They they took all their drugs that this big drug deal that had gone down and they wanted that guy dead. So here he was locked in here with the gangsters or in that same cell block throwing notes under his door saying you you're done you know soon first chance we get you're we're going to get you and here he is locked in with this psychotic prisoner you couldn't be under much more stress unless you were in war you know? so you know and, and it was a, a, a perfect experimental situation they were both under the same circumstances they were being fed the same food with the same staff in the same situation everything was neutralized as far as outside interference it was a perfect experimental situation so i called the guy out um who was he was the guy who uh wrote he he wrote to me and said please come do something i can't stand this i can't deal with this 
And I watched as he come out of his cell and he had plenty of energy. He, he bounded up the stairs. He didn't have to use the guardrails. He moved along at a brisk pace. He sat down. He had, you know, his, uh, his speech was, was normal. Of course, he was anxious. Uh, but, you know, he didn't lack any energy. I mean, mm-hmm. he, was, he was nervous. He was afraid. But his, his energy wasn't lacking. So I listened to his story. And let him go. And then I called in his cellmate, the, the floridly psychotic prisoner, and watched as he come up the steps. And he just drug himself up the steps. He's using the handrail. He kind of shuffled along as he as he moved toward the interview room. Uh, he sat down. He kind of slumped in the chair. He didn't have any energy. His speech was slow. Uh, you know, he was he was like, you know, shot. I mean, he was just shot. He d- he didn't have any energy. So I asked him, you hearing voices? He goes, yeah, I'm being attacked by dozens of them. I mean, all the time. It just, I, I, it, it's 24 hours a day. So he hadn't, he wasn't on any medications. So I had to arrange for psychiatry to come and see him. But after I left that day, it's like, I remember walking out of that, that building and going, it's not the anxiety. It's not, there's something else going on here. Yeah. And, uh, I saw there was a one-to-one correspondence and I'm thinking, you know, are the voices taking this energy from them? So that was the new theory that was starting to emerge. And I was always reading other stuff, you know, from shamans and, and Carlos Castaneda and, and that whole gen- genre of people mm-hmm. who were working at a different uh, psychological level. And uh, Miguel Ruiz, who wrote uh, The Four Agreements and The Voice of Knowledge, I hit, I hit a, well, before I ever get to that point, I, I hit a place where he was talking about these entities being parasites, energetic parasites. And I brought that book in to one of the prisoners I was working with. Uh, but first I had some warnings from him. So what I was doing before I, I brought that book in and asked him about what Miguel Ruiz was saying, uh, he first he first warned me several weeks prior to that. He uh, he's leaving. He, after we got done our session, we were working on breaking up the patterns that the voices were running. He turns around and he's leaving, and he turns around and he says, um, "You know what you're doing is dangerous, don't you?" And I look up and I'm like, "You know, does not compute." <laughs> I'm thinking, and then he turns around and he walks off. That's all he said, and I'm just sitting there thinking about. What does that mean? And uh, I didn't pay any attention to it. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, the voices are in his head. They can't come out. You know, he's stuck with them, not me. And, you know, it, I remembered it. I mean, I logged it in, but I didn't pay it a great deal of attention. It was it was just there. It was like a data point. So we, we I kept working with this guy. And um, it was like maybe a month later. Uh, he, he comes back without an appointment and he knocks on my door in the psych department. And uh, I had a deal with these guys, you know, if, if, uh, if, if they ever really needed to, to see me, what they can do is, is uh, kind of throw pebbles at my window or, so I was picking people who would tell me about their voices. You know, those are the ones I was working with the most intensely. And I always had a group of you know, 10 to 15 of them that, would tell me in real time what their voices were saying. Right. 
It just goes yeah, to so, show you real quick that they wanted someone to ask them about their voices. It's, right. They, they were just begging somebody to finally look at them as a real living being and saying, I'm willing to hear you. It's just, I think yeah. that's so powerful. Yeah. And it is, it's like, you know, they're isolated. Nobody listens to them because, you know, the, the psychiatric mafia, big pharma, the medical establishment's all going, yeah, these are hallucinations without any not, any research whatsoever. None. Mm-hmm. They just made it up. Yeah. You know? So these guys are dying to be listened to. But what they what they tell you is kind of stranger than fiction. You know, it, it's like this is another world can that you, they're experiencing. There, but they're all experiencing the same real other world. So there's rules to it. You know, there's patterns to it. I didn't know all the rules and I was always tripping over the, you know, what, what it was like. I opened this door and walked into this other reality and I didn't know what the rules were. I had no roadmap. You know, I, I didn't know what right. to do. So I was constantly tripping over things and, and setting off, you know, reactions. Now, that would have been a problem at the state hospital because there was like an unwritten law. You don't upset a schizophrenic prisoner because you don't know what he's going to do. And schizophrenics were uh, attacking psychiatrists at a rate, you know, twice, more than twice as high as regular doctors or nurses or psychologists or counselors. It was the, it was the psychiatrists that were getting attacked by schizophrenics. And I couldn't figure that out because they weren't spending any more than 20 minutes a month with these guys. And they were being attacked at a rate, you know, at least double what anybody else was being attacked on. And it was equal to the attendants who were spending 24 hours a day with them. And I'm, I'm, you know, for years, I was going, what are these guys doing to set these guys off in 20 minutes? And what did you come so, up with? Well, what it was is the voices don't like the medicines. Mm. The medicines are major tranquilizers. They calm them down. The voices don't want them calmed down. They want them upset. They want that negative emotional energy flowing. So they, yeah, and, so and they know they're coming in to, to basically do exactly that, being like, I know they're kind of coming just to give me medicine. We're not doing that today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, well, I, I have mm. to, I'm going to lose track of the thing here. So, okay. Remind me it, I'm because it was, it was, uh, it was after seven years that I figured that one out, but remind me to tell you about it because i'll get back on this other one because i'll get i got so many stories that they just kind of go like that you know they're all over the place you're you're gonna be you're gonna be the most popular show because so many people are not only fascinated by this but have so many of their own experiences or family so i'm dialed in right now i'm I'm here with you so i'll remember everything (laughs) remind me of that so i'm gonna go back to the other one so this guy he comes in first he says what you're doing is dangerous doesn't compute I remembered it. Then he comes to my door and he knocks on my door one day and he goes, the voices want to talk to you. And I'm like, what? And that had never happened before. It was always through the patient. You know, the patient would tell me, mm-hmm. well, the voices are telling me you're, you're a jerk, you're a fool, you don't listen to you, you're crazy. Da, da, da. So it would always be through the patient as, you know, the translator of what the voices were saying. You know, so they, the, the you know, and, and they, you know, the deal was they tell me in real time what the voices are saying. And and that got hairy sometime because every once in a while, one would come in and go, and the voices are telling me to stab this guard. You know, and I'm like, uh-oh, you know, 
because then I was at a dilemma. If I went and snitched them off and they locked that guy up, that would spread to the rest of them and they, I'd be shut out. That would yeah. be it. You None of them trust. would tell me anything after that anymore. Yeah. So what I had to do was increase the amount of time I spent with that particular guy and monitor him very closely yeah. until I felt that he was safe to, to let go. And, you know, it, and, and, and just real quick on that, when you would do that, people with the vo- that voice telling them to do that thing would subside to some level. And then obviously for the most part, hopefully nothing happened from that. Like there was no action that took place. No, there was no action because then I'd start working with the guy, you know, about what did he tell you? What do you do about mm-hmm. it? Like, you know, can, da, 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 you want to spend another 10 years in prison, you know, go ahead and do something. Is it worth it? You know, because this guy, you know, right. but, but with you prisoners, uh, when a, when a guard disrespects them, that is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's not a good, they're asking for trouble. Right. You know, so they know they have a sense of fairness and, you know, they know sometime if they get out of line, they're going to be treated badly. But this guy just kind of went out of his way to kind of insult this other prisoner. So I think we headed off a lot more trouble than, than, you know, we prevented a lot of problems that right. way. Uh, but, um, so you said the guy said the voices want to talk to you. The voices want to talk to me. Okay, so I'm t- kind of taken aback. It was a strange request. And I said, okay, come on in. Have a seat. Close the door. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, uh, well, what do they have to say? And he looks at me and his voice changes a little bit. It got a little deeper. And it said, you have no right to interfere with our way of life. And Whoa, it sent chills dude. up my back. I mean, I'm Bro, like, I got, I got I'm like in a twilight right zone. I'm getting chills just talking about it again. <sighs> you know, I can remember that clear as day, like it happened yesterday. And I'm like, boom, you know, my head just went because I was denying this. I, I didn't want to think that these things were entities or demons or whatever. I was still, you know, I, I, my denial system was in in shambles it was still standing somehow but it was in shambles because all this evidence was coming into the contrary that these things were not hallucinations that these things were not some figment of the subconscious that these things were conscious entities that could think and they could direct things and as that as that evidence built my denial system got shakier and shakier and when that guy said that it just collapsed I, i just went boom you know, yeah. it was like I just stared at him and he saw me staring at him and he said, that wasn't me. And I said, you're, you're screwing with me. And he goes, no, I'm not screwing with you. He said, that, that's what they said. That wasn't me. That was them. And, you know, he was honest. And I'm like, so they are real. <laughs> they are real. They are entities. They are separate from these people. And, and I just, I closed my office and sat there staring out the window for the rest of the day. I couldn't function. Dude, it was like boom, and this is and this is the thing about what you just said there is that when you take and this is the highest level of like as you said like the most let's just say quote unquote psychotic patients, and you experience that the amount of people even at any of this range when all they're trying to do is actually have somebody listen to them and feel heard. Yeah, It shows you the power of being connected with someone else and saying, I'm present with you and I'm truly genuinely listening. That's very important. And that's another facet of the recovery, because what the voices get these people to do is isolate themselves in the room away from their 
they won't, they tell their family that you're the enemy, you know, stay away from them. You know, all they're going to do is, is mess with you. And they, they lock themselves in their rooms and they sit there and just listen to the voices all day. That's a very worst thing that they could be doing. Totally. You know, they're just growing stronger. So if the, if the patient tells their family what the voices are saying, the voices hate that. Mm-hmm. They absolutely hate that. Mm-hmm. But to continue this story. Okay, so I'm blown away. Right. Um, but I, I don't stop working with this guy because he's making good progress. Totally. Um, so he, he comes in one day, um, and this is when I bring in the Miguel Ruiz book. Because I start, I, I hit a section there in the Voice of Knowledge where he's talking about these energetic parasites, and I'm going that pretty much matches what I'm seeing with these psychotic patients, mm-hmm. these psychotic prisoners. So I bring that book into the prison, and I call this guy in, and I did that all the time. I said, "What do you think of this? You know, how does this work? You know, right. what do you? What, As a what question. You, you know, what, yeah, it's like getting their opinions on stuff Boom. all the time." You know, so I bring that in. I said, I'd like your opinion on this. And I start reading it to him. And it gets to the part where it starts talking about these entities as parasitic, energetic entities. And he just freezes up and he goes into this bizarre stare. You know, he's just staring at me like his eyes are wide open and it's like just staring. And he's like frozen. And it's it's not natural. You know, and I'm, I'm like looking yeah. at him. And I, I said, what do you think? And then this electrical crackling erupts behind my head. It was like, sounded oh. just like a, a arc welder. It was that loud. It was Whoa. like crack, 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 crack. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at this thing. And then it starts moving up the wall on my right hand side, up the office wall. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like outer limits. It's like, do, 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 do. And I couldn't see anything. I couldn't smell anything, but it was loud. It was like crack, 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 all the way up the wall. And I'm looking at him and he's sitting there with that bizarre look on his face. And I'm going, he's going to attack. So I take my chair and I push it back against the wall and I get ready to kick him if he comes at me because all they have in the medical, they always put female guards in the medical unit. (laughs) You get attacked by a psychotic prisoner. They're not going to be a lot of use. And by the time they get somebody there, you know, it's going to be all over by that time, one way or another. Right. So I'm, I'm pushing my chair back and I'm getting ready to have to fight this guy. And he's just staring at me with this bizarre stare. And this crackle keeps moving up the wall. Crack, 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 crack. And it gets up to the ceiling. And then it starts cutting across the top of the, the office where I can see him and where the noise was coming from at the same time. I can't see anything. I can't smell anything. There's no other. I can hear it. And it sounds just like electricity, but it it crosses the entire office. And then it starts coming down the left wall back toward me. And I'm near the left wall and it jumps into this Rubbermaid trash can near my left leg. And I look down in there and there's nothing there. The inmate porter had cleaned it the night before. It was just a plastic bag. There's not nothing there. And it's like, you know, two feet from where my head is, you know, I'm like looking down at it. Nothing, just that crackling noise. You know, and I'm trying to keep my attention on him and the crackling noise at the same time. And then it just stops. It just goes dead. And, I'm, you know, I'm like in shock. And I look at him and I, I asked him, did you hear that? He says nothing. He just gets up and he goes, I got to leave. 
and he gets up real slow and he starts shuffling out the door and i'm like get, get out of here go 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 you know wow. and he he disappears down the hall and i'm just I'm, I'm in you know outer limits time this is like what is going on here you know and it wasn't like a short thing like you could have explained it away there's no explaining it away it went on for 25 or 30 seconds you know, there was no explaining it away and it was loud That's and I, I didn't get any verification from him he just gets up and he, he shuffles out of the office and disappears yeah. and i'm like i, I went and I, i'm checking the walls to see if they're burnt I'm, I'm smelling the wall, see if there's any smell to No, nothing. So I go, well, maybe something happened outside. So I went out into the hall. No, the doctors weren't in yet. The nurses weren't in yet. I was the only one in that hallway. There was no explanation for this. The, the only explanation and again, is. Here's, an, here's another shock. I mean, it closed the office again. I was down. Uh, it was like, and there was nobody I could talk to about this. Yeah. You know, I couldn't say, oh, this, you know. Tell one of the other psychs, you know, hey, man, yeah, I was working with this schizophrenic and his freaking office started crackling like electricity. There was no I had to keep it to myself. Yeah, I couldn't tell my wife because she didn't like me poking in the heads of psychotics anyway. Right. So I couldn't tell her these kind of stories. So I was stuck with it. There was nobody I could talk to. I was just like them. Mm-hmm. You know, the only people who really understood what I was experiencing were the schizophrenics. I could talk to them. And you know, like, so, but like, I couldn't oh, you, talk you saw, to anybody else. Yeah. Oh, you saw the electricity? Nice, dude. They're, they're yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah. like <laughs> and, was, and this is, I'm, my mind is blown, but I'm not even surprised. But what's so fascinating about what you were just saying was that when you brought it in as a question and you brought it in as asking for their opinion in that one specifically, that example you gave, and you said yourself, you experienced that shift happen. It's when you realize that people, us, have these openings for things to come in or that are already there to present themselves, you know, multiple personality disorder, all these things where, you know, we go through all these different things and you realize is that we're not just this physical body. This is more than it. There is that etheric body, that water body that we talk about water again. And as you know, like, when you're talking, and then something immediately I thought of is you're talking about electricity, right? That you hear that pop, 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 this electrical, like it's electricity, right? It's understanding that like what makes a battery create charge? You need a solution. You need some sort of solution. You need to put energy into it and to get energy it, out of it. Exactly. And it's realizing that this other realm that's going with us, I'm under the full belief from all my studies and all the people I've talked to that other world you're talking about with these demonic there it's in that etheric because it's dealing with this again you're dealing with the power of like water and all these things that if there's a lack of flow there's a lack of charge something's going to come in and create that energy like you said and one thing that i want to run by you and get your opinion on because for me what i think of is you know how you keep saying everybody's so drained everybody's just so drained when they hear the voices right well, what's what, this is just how my brain works. What's happening, right? On this other level, there's things coming in that we in the physical can't comprehend. We don't realize. We just assume all crazy. But what is you said that people do? They go in their room and they sit and just let the voices fester. Is that correct so far? Well, that's that's what they do. But if you look at the patterns that I sent you, yes, they're the yes. very same patterns that the deep state mainstream media are hitting us with right now. It's the same exact ones. It's the same exact patterns. They're demonic patterns. 
And this is why I wanted to bring that up because think about what our lifestyle is now. It's a sedentary lifestyle where people are told to sit in front of your TVs, your computers, your phones, take in all of this fear. But as we said, what does this fear and anxieties do? As you said, it creates this exhaustion, but what's happening? It creates a fight or flight, right? We always hear about fight or flight, but what's the piece that they never really talk about? And I know this from my world of working as a trainer. You have to do a little more research to find it, but now it's more a little mainstream. Is there's fight, flight, or freeze? What happens in a free state like animals? There's this freezing motion. It's this tension. The adrenal glands, that sympathetic nervous system is shot because most people are living in a sympathetic state of this constant freeze. Even though they're moving, it's everything is here energetically. Yeah, look so, at the fear they're generating, massive amounts of fear. And think about what that's doing, though, as we're talking here. When you're releasing that energy and someone's not in motion, they're not breathing, they're just staying stagnant in this like this, this tension. I'm under the impression, and you know me way more than I do, but could it be that that's then literally purposely, in my opinion, with the mainstream and this these cabals? Yeah, yeah. It's knowing when we get you in that state and you're not moving, you're not breathing, you're not finding gratitude, you're in fear – all those voices coming in. Why are we seeing more people on antidepressants? Why are we seeing more people on subs- uh, prescription drugs to try to calm anxieties, depressions, things like that? Like yeah. we said, there's layers. Why and, are more- and the suicide rate is up. None of, oh. the, the, none of those medicines are, are doing anything for mental health. We've got more murders. We've got more, more psychosis. Mm-hmm. We've got more mental health problems than we ever have. And, we, and here they are dousing us with Tons of these drugs. They're even dousing. I don't know. They got, you know, uh, tens of thousands of little kids on these antipsychotic drugs. I mean, they're destroying the little kids. Yep. Absolutely. I'm I'm surprised somebody isn't suing the crap out of these people. You know, if they had the evidence, but for the most part, the, the process of rotting out the brain takes, it's, it's very slow. Right. And that's, and that's where most these places go, you know, and I I know a lot of people in the medical field, they go, you know, well, where's the study for it? And it's like, oh, you can't prove that there's not enough long-term evidence. And then what a lot of people say is, well, with long-term evidence, there's so many other factors that could have gotten the way. So you really don't know if it's this thing that's causing it. So you realize what people are doing is going, I can't admit to that. Maybe these things are really bad. So I need to just keep following what I've been told in regards to how studies work. Well, if, if there's no study, then there's really no proof of it. Well, if the studies, like I said, the long term, then it's, there's so many other factors that could be causing that. It's not just that. And it's going, yeah, but that those drugs, literal just drugs are playing a massive role in, in, into it on top of all those other things. So it's it's so fascinating. But I, I want to see. Yeah, it's if like you want to driving with your brakes on. You know, and then pouring water on the brakes to cool them down. Exactly. Right. Nothing's happening. So nothing's happening. I want to go back if it's cool with you. You said you had that other story. Story you said to remind you that you had another story. Oh, I didn't finish this one yet. Oh, oh, there's more. Okay, Okay. sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So, so okay. I didn't. I didn't want to see that guy. (laughs) After that, you know, it it took me. I think I think it was about three months, if I remember correctly, before I worked up the nerve to call this guy back. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want. <laughs> I was only going to call him back after that. So about three months later, I finally worked up the nerve, called him back. He comes in, 
And I was expecting him to be a wreck. You know, if the voices could do that and they were strong enough to create that in, in my office, then they were strong enough to be destroying him. And he, 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 the guards bring him down. He comes in, he looks good. And I'm surprised. I'm shocked. And he, you know, he's back to his normal self again. Um, and, you know, we did a little bit of small talk. And then finally, uh, he, he sits down. And I said, uh, uh, at first, I, I mentioned to him, you look good. I wasn't expecting that after what I experienced in here last time. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've been doing what you told me. I'm, I haven't got rid of them, but I'm keeping them down. I, I have them under control. And I said, do you, you remember when you were back here? And, and did you hear that crackling sound right before you left? And he goes, yeah, I heard it. He said, but I'm surprised you did. Meaning me. And I'm going, yeah, I heard it. I said, what in the blazes was that? And he said, that was them. I said, the voices? And he said, yeah, those were the voices. And I said, what in the blazes were they trying to do? And he said, they were trying to scare you off. And I said, well, they did a damn good job of it. <laughs> Jeez, dude. And, uh, you know, so we, we talked a little bit and he was back to where he was before. I mean, he didn't spook me out anymore. Um I don't remember if I kept working with him or not after that. I really don't. But uh, I asked him before he left. I said, um, you, you looked like a zombie when you were left my office that day. I said, what were the voices telling you as you left? And he said, they were telling me to go get a shank and stick it in your gut. And I'm thinking, oh, he wouldn't do that. I've been working with this guy for six months. He's much better than he was. Uh, he wouldn't do something like that. And I asked him, I said, well, why didn't you do it? And he said, I couldn't find one. Oh, my I know. gosh. And I'm like, oh, what am I <laughs> messing with here? Dude. I don't remember if I went, I don't remember if I kept working with him or not. I don't remember. It's blotted out of my mind. <laughs> Past that point, everything's gone. I, I don't remember anything of what happened with him. Oh, my dude. My heart just stopped for a second. That is so, dude, and this is the thing that I, I you know, I want to give you credit for. And for those listening, I know they're thinking probably the same thing as I am to some extent at this point. The fact I, I'm, I'm grateful that you're taking it upon yourself, your curiosity, you're wanting to know the truth, the straight and narrow path of truth and doing what you went into the field that you did to really help these people and put yourself, you know, not, you know, again, unbeknownst to you, how, how severe this is going down this path, but willing to do that for the, the genuine well-being of other people. I, I, I admire you so much for that because I know as people are going to listen to this, just like me, they're going to go, what, uh, you know, yeah. what bleep. And quite frankly, you know, I, I can't even imagine. I, I, I can only experience through your story and for you to take those, you know, those licks and to be in those situations and then whether or not you worked with him, but to keep going because you genuinely want to know that, Hey, something else is happening here. As you said, my belief system, what I thought I knew is in shambles at this point. All I can do therefore is really try to understand and understand what is going on so you can be of service to others to help them on their journey. So for that, I applaud you. And, uh, I, you know, I, I can't say it enough, but yeah, that I can't even imagine that, man. So well, thank you. I, I suspect I was drunk when I signed up for this. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, 
So is there any more that happened? You know, and, and, and I was, I was sick of working with schizophrenics when I got out of the state hospital. It's like, okay, I'm done with these people. I'm finally getting out of here. I'm going back to school again. You know, mm-hmm. and got into the PhD program and they didn't know anything. They didn't know anything, mm. you know, and, and it was like, what am I? And you, you realize know? you're the, tra- you're, you're kind of in many ways, a trailblazer to rediscovering what has already been known in the past. And this is what's fascinating, kind of bringing it back to the system that we're in that is run by these dark forces. I, without question, you can't at this point with what I know and what I've learned, you can't, there's no debate in my mind that it is run by them because what they're doing is they're taking these, these forces and they're showing it in the entertainment. They're showing it in the music. They're subliminally put it in there and going, we're going to make you believe it's all just made up, but we're going to keep feeding you this. So you have it in your mind. It's never going to go away. So even though you might not see it as real, you're going to feel it as real and it's going to be there present. And you're going to have to try to tell yourself, no, 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 that's not real. It's, it has to be something else because I've been told this is just made up stuff. This isn't real stuff. Oh, these voices. And then it's going, your body's literally going, you're under attack. Something's in your system. It right. is them. They're here. And nobody's no, believing you. Right. And no one's believing that voice. You're not believing the voice in your head. You're, you know, your godly voice, that spirit, that is you, that is, you know, it's overwhelmed. It is, is overwhelmed going like, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you signals to let you know something's going on. Drugs, drugs. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just going so, like, you know, it's just so never. Their their drugs are a joke. It's it's like all they're doing is is turning these people into zombies. You know, they're 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 narcissizing them, and it it it's like these are energetic entities. They're energy. It, it's like trying to they get a strong magnet and you you get a bottle of Thorazine or or antipsychotic and you pour it on the magnet. And and say, oh yeah, well it's 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 interfering with the magnetic field, and and if it doesn't interfere enough, we'll pour more on it. Mm-hmm. You can't fight a energetic problem with a physical solution. And I always, and, and that's where the Mace Energy Method thing comes in. It, it you know, and, and the book that's written by John Mace, it's called a, um, what was it? Energy over mind. I'm going to okay. read that book. He, 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 he comes up with a whole different explanation for how the mind works. And what's good about it is, and I'm, I'm using it in my clinical practice every day, it works. That That's the proof in the pudding. It works. None of these other crappy things that they're teaching in counseling or, or psychology or, you know, through, I've been through all the levels of, of, you know, I've been undergraduate, master's degree, PhD. They don't have any answers. They have no answers. It's just all this psychobabble and bullcrap, and but they nothing is cured. You know, you can you, you talk about oh they talk about the problem over and over and over again, which in a lot of cases it just makes it worse. It doesn't discharge that locked energy. It doesn't do anything. Right. You know, finally you, you got somebody to listening to you, and you're paying them for it, but it doesn't solve your problems. Mm-hmm. You go right back to feeling the same way you felt when you when you were in there. Right. But, you know, real quick, I want to go through the just mention these patterns. I'm not going to go into them in any detail. But, you know, those of you who are listening, you have schizophrenics in your family or if you're a counselor or a psych nurse, you can see these for yourself. You know, it doesn't take a genius. All you got to do is open your eyes. These voices are negative. They're anti-religious. They respond negatively to any of the person going to church, reading the Bible. Why would a hallucination do that? You know, they foster and create negative emotion. They don't create 
positive emotion. They energetically drain their victim. They get louder after sunset and they're loudest between three and four in the morning. They get louder when they're ignored. And I've seen psychiatrist after psychiatrist tell these patients, they're just hallucinations, just ignore them. No. You know, I, I remember pulling one patient back, you know, a week later after a psychologist told him that at the state hospital. And I said, well, how's that going? And he goes, it ain't going well at all. It doesn't work. So then I started asking all the other ones. So I, I had a never-ending source of schizophrenics, which is something I never saw any researcher in any of the institutions I worked with. They won't let them in there. You know, you, you've got to have a advanced degree just to get access to these people. They've sealed it off. In it's like that's their domain. You can't walk into a psych hospital and say, hey, I'd like to take, you know, speak to some of your patients. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to do right. that. Or go into the prison and go, hey, I want to talk to uh, some of your criminally insane. No, 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 no. They, right. they won't let you have access. Right. And real quick, just something. What does that higher degree mean? Higher within the system that is perpetuating this demonic entities, these demonic forces. The further you go up, the more you you play ball. You know what I'm saying? It's going. Yeah. Well, you got to play. You got to play ball to a certain degree to get access. It's so that's my point. Is is that's going? If you get to that point, for most people, it's going. I've been already programmed right. and meant to believe right. everything that I'm was, being told. Exactly. So I can't. And if that's I go one against, of the things I saw at the state hospital. I'm like, like, well, what are the voices telling these people? And nobody was interested at all. They yeah. all believed. I mean, and there were, there were probably a thousand staff there. They all believed they were hallucinations because they went through that programming by the, the ivory tower. Mm -hmm. that, well, that's what they are. I yeah. mean, why would they tell us they weren't? If, uh, they were hallucinations <laughs> if they weren't. But nobody was curious. Yep. Nobody. Why would they lie? <laughs> why would they lie? You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. And, Sit and down, I, I'll I'd tell ask you. them, you know, why? I'd start asking them and nobody else would. Yep. So yeah. let's go back to your list. You're, you're, I didn't okay. mean to cut they, you off they, too much. They get louder when they're ignored. They foster self-destructive behavior. So I saw clearly that these voices were directing them to, to sabotage themselves, to get in trouble, to get thrown out of classes, to get in fights with other people. I mean, and then when I talked to him about it, oh yeah, the voices were telling me he was doing this or laughing behind my back or he's talking about me behind my back, that kind of stuff. They foster isolation, which is what the worst possible thing you could do to a schizophrenic is isolate them in their room because then there's nothing interference. So what this is, is a battle for their attention. It's either they take control of that attention and start moving it off of the voices or the voices take it and start using it for their purposes to direct them to do stuff that's going to get them in more trouble to generate more negative emotion, which is what they feed off of. It's, again, it, demand, it goes back to stagnation anyway. They demand the attention of their victims. You know, they you can't ignore them. They're constantly maneuvering for increased control over the victim's behavior. Uh, they gaslight the person. Um, they, they tell them stuff that's not true. Uh, you know, like somebody walks by in the street out front. They go, oh, yeah, they're watching you. They're trying to get in the window or a cop car siren goes by and, they're, oh, they're looking for you. They're after you and stuff like that. Uh, they manipulate perception constantly. They have now this one's really strange because they are energetic entities. They there is no time. There's no space. There is no matter where they are. You know, they play by a different set of rules. They belong to the energetic universe, not the physical universe where 
we are. We're 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 like two parts. We got a physical body and we got a, an energetic being that drives that physical body. So we're between the two worlds. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. But they don't have any physical anything. So they can go into the victim's mind. They can pull up the most rotten thing you ever did, bring it up to, through your memory and throw it in your face and say, look what a rotten person you are. Look at what you did. And it doesn't have to be anything big. There was one guy told me he borrowed a dime from somebody 20 years ago and the voices were still blaming him because he didn't pay it back. You know, and wow. it gets, it gets so bad where they, uh, uh, it, there's, there's so many degrees of how they torture and torment people by bringing stuff up and, 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 gaslighting them um they don't want the victim to tell anybody about their presence they don't want them talking about it and unfortunately the reasons they give are are true so they the voices tell them if if you tell people that you're hearing voices they're gonna they're gonna take off they're gonna think you're weird they're gonna put you on drugs they're gonna take you to a psych hospital and they're gonna lock you up unfortunately that's what happens yeah you know so so those of you parents who have schizophrenic kids ask them about the voices talk to them about the voices the voices hate to be mocked they hate to be made fun of they want you to be scared they want you to take them seriously so -hmm. these are all things you can do um for those those who have bad voices you can put a rubber band about your your wrist and snap it real hard you can go to my website at uh, jerrymarzinski.com and we have all this stuff listed we have all these things that you can do on your own to begin attacking these things Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. now the the psychotherapy where you we, we get in there and, and start removing the the frozen traumas that's got to be done personally but all this other stuff you can do by yourself and it'll take you a long way so you know the snap of a rubber band will shut them up for 15 20 seconds they hate the 23rd song i've had a number of patients tell me that you repeat the 23rd song when the voices are around and it's like throwing them on a hot frying pan so what does that tell you you know, it's like Good. worms thrown on a hot frying pan. That's what they say. Yep. The voices are consummate liars. You can't believe anything they say. They lie about everything. You can't make any deal or bargain with them because they won't uphold it. You know, right. they're, they're, they're like bullies that knock, that, you know, they knock a, a kid down. They just keep kicking them until the kid, if the kid doesn't get up and punch him in the face, they're going to just keep kicking them. That's right. what they're like. They consistently scare the, steer their, the, the victim away from anything that might generate any kind of joy or peace. They don't mm-hmm. want them going to church. They don't want them talking to preachers. They don't want them to have any peace. Um, they can manipulate feeling without even speaking. You can be sitting around and nothing happening. And then all of a sudden you just start feeling awful, you know, like what's going on here. They, they can do that. Mm-hmm. They can short circuit reason because they're very believable. You know, they point to all this stuff that's, uh, oh, here's evidence of this and here's evidence of that. And it, it seems perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, boredom is bad. The very worst thing a schizophrenic can do is, is be bored. Lock yourself in the room and listen to the voices all day. They just get stronger. They try to pass themselves off as thoughts belonging to the person. As long as the person thinks that they're their thoughts, then what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. They they are the enemy of themselves, and that's what right. the voices want you to believe. Once you realize that those thoughts are not yours, that those voices don't belong to you, now you can split yourself off, and you got an enemy you can attack. But before that, 
if you're listening to the psychiatric mafia and big pharma and, and the regular psychologist, oh, yeah, it's your head, it's your mind, it's all screwed up, it's broken, it's a chemical imbalance, which is bull crap. They made oh. that up out of pure garbage. Um, there's select, selective forgetting going on. They can make, you know, I have to get my, my patients to write down what I tell them to do because if they don't, 85% of it will be gone by the time the office visit's gone yeah. you know, or, or I get done talking to them. You know, they, they fill your mind with negative thoughts about yourself and everybody else. Um, yep. They destroy your self-concept. They start pulling you into this other reality of theirs. Uh, they, they attempt to pull you away from consensual reality. They use confusion as a means of uh, instilling negative suggestions. So they get you all confused and then they go, this is the reason. And, you know, confusion is unpleasant. So you jump yeah. on that that reason and you go oh okay so that's the reason but it's not the right reason mm -hmm. they're averse to anything positive or beautiful um they're energetic parasites yeah you know? so if you if you listen to this and you you, you think about the you know the, the mainstream media right now it's the exact same thing 100%. they're the exact same patterns on a macroscopic level and and, and this is going to show you what you're experiencing with people who are schizophrenic and what's being perpetuated and also people who quote unquote don't have that diagnosis, they're experiencing the same things to some level or another, some degree or another. And how many people nowadays are looking at others because of what's being perpetuated, the lack of you know, movement in their life, listening to these voices of I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough to the point now where people are literally going, I'm thinking the most heinous things towards people that maybe don't have that see, you know, whatever happened the last three years, however people want to view what's what happened in the last three years is going, I see people with a whole new light and I see things a little bit darker and certain people is you, they show in the news and the media of going, I wish this on you. I wish this on you. And you're going, what is going on? On with Look people. at it. It's all fear. It's turmoil. It's conflict. It's it's the same stuff that the voices are telling schizophrenics. It's the exact same stuff on a much bigger level. And I have and, control of the mainstream media and they have turned it against us. And here's the thing. And maybe you can agree. Would you say that from the last three years, I'm not going to get into the details. Would you see that what you saw in not in your hospitals, but in in everyday life? Did you see a lot of people showing traits of people who were pure? hospitalized schizophrenics where you're seeing it on the street of going you have a lot of tendencies that fall right into what i would see in these hospitals well yeah you know the paranoia the the you know walking around with masks on you know keeping the six feet distance they, they completely made that up when they were questioned about where'd you get the six feet they go oh we just made it up they actually got it they, they got all that from a, a a 12 year old girl there's a i have a my buddy who wrote a book, he got exactly where the source was, where the original source was. But as you realize, they said, oh, we just kind of made it up. They don't tell you the real story. A 12-year-old girl made it up in, in a report she did on regards to safety in like one of her like, – in this, and the girl had a relationship to people in that system. So oh, for crying would, out loud. And this is the thing is, is it can be traced back without, without debate. And so it goes to show you exactly what you're saying but it's yes. also understanding energetically when you keep six feet apart people's biofields and again their etheric yeah. body yeah. is within and that six feet this is why warmth as you said isolation huge right. it's the exact same thing on a macroscopic scale people need to wake up before it's too late absolutely you know this is this is a demonic entity that's 
that's that's attacking everybody at this point. Yeah. So one of the questions I had that someone that wanted to uh, that reached out, they were saying, um, "What can, uh, or rather, does this?" talk of this for somebody who isn't afflicted like you and I, who isn't necessarily uh, a schizophrenic, is this damaging or essentially is this going to create more of a, a problem if having these conversations, like, does this, you know, bring. Well, light? the voices, the voices aren't going to like it. The mainstream media isn't going to like it. The psychiatric mafia aren't going to like it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's going to be those who go, Oh no, I'm going to listen to the psychiatrist. He's the doctor. Right. You know, they're not going to like it. Right. And, you know, I, I have a friend who I could probably help their, their son, but they don't believe in this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, no, we're going to, you know, so the, he's on heavy doses of antipsychotic medications. They're rotting right. out his brain. There's nothing I can do to help him. Right. And you know? we, so the truth is the truth. That's right. all there is to it. But you know, whether it upsets people or not, it doesn't change. The truth doesn't change. Mm-hmm. But would you say then, essentially, then it's not like say just us talking about it, it's not going to be like all of a sudden we're afflicted as long as we're again staying and staying in truth, making sure like knowing that one this is just an offer. Like these voices, like you can choose to be like with the intention and awareness that this this is happening. It's not like oh someone's going to all of a sudden be like overtaken. No, if you have good no. intentions, good heart, like and right. healthy, it's okay. It's having these conversations is actually beneficial because oh, it's yeah. it's yeah. minimizing their power and going you don't right. have power over me. Yeah. And, and it, uh, hopefully it'll get people to pay attention more to their thoughts that come into their heads. And when they start having negative thoughts to realize that's not them, mm-hmm. you know, that's not who they are. Their spirit is absolutely pure, yep. you know, and, and any negative thought about yourself or anybody else comes in from the dark side yep. and look at, look at what the mainstream media is saying. Oh, Russia's the enemy. China's the enemy. Everybody's the enemy. You know, da, da, da. you know, we're being attacked from all sides. We got to defend ourselves, and and it's insane. Right. What's, it's Me- just totally right. insane what's going on. And meanwhile, everyone else is a potential threat. Everyone's a threat, but also you just being here because of your emissions and climate change. You're also just breathing is causing this place to be bad. So you are what's making right. this place bad. Yeah. So, so put the mask on. Right. And exactly. And it's going, well, what are we talking about? Stop breathing. Stop right. breathing. It's right. causing more right. problems here. So what happens when you stop breathing? You create a stress state. That stress state just drains the adrenal glands, drain the adrenal glands. And obviously you're not mo- creating motion. What happens? In my opinion, it sounds like this is what it's happening. It's opening up your body. It's opening up this, this vessel for all that stuff to come in and all we need to start doing is just breathing and showing a little more gratitude and start allowing ourselves to know that those aren't our thoughts. That right. isn't us. It's something else. And knowing again, you hear, you have purpose. You're here for a reason. You are, you know, listen to that kindness in your heart that is there. Try to get through the muck of all those voices, all those you know, those patterns as you expressed. Um, I do want to go back to the other story you brought up. You told me to remind you back when we were talking earlier, if possible. You were, you were saying, remind me about this one story. Would um, You were talking about the jail cellmate, and then you shifted and you said, hold on, I need to go back to this story. What was it? Um, now I forgot. Now we've <laughs> done, we done. You were saying, um, you, so you're talking about the sale that he was walking up the stairs. Oh, man, I can't remember now. I apologize. I told you I was going to remember, and now I can't remember. But you, 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 it's okay. 
you have so many stories. But you know what? What did pop into my mind is um, when when you know I, I got out of school and this was at the state hospital, and here they are saying, um, this is a chemical brain imbalance. Okay, mm. so I believed that when I went to the state hospital. When I first started working there, okay, schizophrenia is due to a chemical brain imbalance. And, you know, I, I was asking the psychiatrist, well, how do you know that? Oh, well, the drug companies do the research on that. We just follow their advice. And I'm like, what are you, you kidding? You know, the drug companies, that's right. like turning the, the fox loose in the hen house. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't too long after that that I realized that how, you know, I, I'm sitting with these psychiatrists when they, they see these patients and they're ordering medications. Not once did I ever see them order any kind of test to determine what chemicals in the brain were out of order or are out of balance or by how much. And I found that pretty odd. So I went and looked into it and none exist. They made it up. They made it freaking up. It was one of the drug companies that came out with Prozac. They knew it was a lie at the time, but they pushed it anyway because it sounds good. Oh, yeah, it's a physical brain imbalance. It's a chemical. So it's a, we got a physical drug and, and your brain is made out of chemicals. So our drugs balance those chemicals. There's, I don't know, like uh, there's scores of neurotransmitters in the brain. You know, which ones that are out of balance by, they have no idea what the neurotran- neurochemical transmitter balance should be. None, zero. Nada. It's just a big lie that they fostered out and they're still doing it. You look at their drug ads now. Oh, yeah, take this antipsychotic drug. It's believed that there's a chemical imbalance in the brain. Believe now that they, they're still pushing it after it's been disproven over and over and over and over again. They don't give a crap about people. They want money. That's all they care. Right. They want the money. And they also and, the, and in my opinion, because a lot of the people, the high, high ups um, are behind the dark forces. I would say I wouldn't want their lives in a million years because I'm under the impression that their lives is those dark forces because, and that's why it's continually pushed and they sleep at night and, you know, for whatever the reasons, because when you, when you know that this is what's behind it, man, they get everyone else to believe that you're doing good. This is how this inversion works and the deceptions and everything else is that of most people like your friend, it's going, no, 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 I can't comprehend knowing that. The decisions I'm making are actually terrible. You're the crazy one. I'm not listening to you because there's no way that I'm purposely doing something wrong. It's something wrong with them because what I've been taught is to help them, that I'm doing good in the world by helping them. That being said, here's your drug. That being said, here's why you need to stop. Just ignore all those voices. Don't talk about them. Don't listen to them. Here's why I'm just going to keep doing what I'm told because the minute I'm told that someone's like yourself is saying, Hey, we need this. The world isn't what we think it is. We should probably approach this differently. It's going too much of a change here. You're, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're well, disrupting, you're disrupting my system you, you, because you got to admit it. It is, it is, it's outer limits time. Mm-hmm. It is bizarre. I mean, it, it, if I hadn't experienced this all myself, I wouldn't even believe it. Would you say that time with the dude, the guy you expressed his story about the changing of the voice, do you think that that was the changing point for you? Like the, the pivot where you were essentially were like, this yeah, is that, it. That, 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 yeah. That's where my, my, my 
denial system completely disintegrated. You know, it just completely fell apart. Right. And it was like, this is a whole different world. And I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know the rules. I don't know the game plan. I don't have a map. <laughs> it's like yep. walking around in the dark in a cave, you yep. know, just trying to figure out what's going on. Absolutely. But, you know, I had an uh, endless supply of schizophrenics because they closed down all the state hospitals. These guys, you know, and they're expecting these guys to show up at these mental health centers to take these toxic drugs that they didn't want to take when they were handed to them, yeah. let alone have them show up at a, at a mental health clinic that might be 20 miles from their home. Mm -hmm. They ain't going to they ain't going to comply. Exactly. You know? So here, here you have all these homeless people who are mentally ill who can't survive any other way than by robbing and, and selling drugs, and then they get sent to prison. So all the schizophrenics are now being sent to prison, and they're, the prisons are full to overflowing with them. And the mental health care there is awful. They're they're mm -hmm. brutalized. They're they're beaten. They're 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 subjected to constant paranoia and and a, a nightmare of a, an environment and then when they're done their sentence 10 20 years later they're they're floridly psychotic psychotic criminals and they release them on the public mm -hmm. here here's 50 bucks go go you're free and they don't they don't even know how to operate prisons are are ridiculous i mean they are the most insane social institutions that we have and they're doing hardly anything to help those people back yeah. in the old days they tried you know they had programs and they had you know classes and and jobs and that kind of stuff now with these private prisons they could care less they don't want to spend one cent more than they have to to keep these guys confined exactly. the private prisons are the worst idea that ever, they ever came up with but they're paying off all the all the uh politicians they pay yeah. them big money to. Oh yeah, we'll handle them. We'll handle that. We'll handle your prisoners at a rate cheaper than you, you, you could yourself. Yeah. Would you say that these? And this is just my, my curiosity. Would you say that in many ways these private prisons are basically an experiment, experimentation camp for a lot of these drugs that they're trying to get to market, and a lot of these different, uh, you know. Because essentially, I don't know, I get the sense that they're, I mean, they might already be through, but as you said, oh, you know, we don't really, well, we don't no, really the know anything. The regular prisons and psychiatrists are the ones who are experimenting with those drugs. Oh, yeah, we got a new drug. This will help you. That's the, the, the pharmaceutical right. industry said this is the best one yet. You know, And they are improving the side effects. I mean, no doubt they are doing that. And, you know. Not to their credit. I mean, some and, and with some of these patients, the drugs are absolutely necessary because you can't reach them. They're so far gone, you can't reach them. Mm -hmm. And some of these guys are so dangerous that the only thing you can do is put them on antipsychotic drugs. Yeah. So there is a place for them. You know, they're right. not all bad. They're not all evil because, you, you know, before they had these drugs, the, the uh, insane asylums were just out of control. Yeah. You know, now they could they can mass medicate these guys they can keep them under control so they can get by with less staff and mm. in the prisons they don't the, what i saw the only ones that get them are the ones that are causing problems mm. now you can be psychotic and as long as you're not causing problems they're not going to give you anything right you know but they're not helping you either they're no, not no, really they're not helping you either they're not doing anything to address the problems that yeah. you got in there with mm -hmm. so nothing it's it's a fascinating and i can be on here for hours, but I, I would love to wrap us up and give this for people to really ponder, really think about. Um, and I'm going to read your book. I want to read uh, the other book about from John Mass, 
or bleeding John Mass. And I would love to have yes. you back on if we can dive more into your experiences, things you want to share, because I want to give you uh, as much of a space to get this information out there. Um, people need well, to hear this. You know what I, I can do? I have uh, one fella. Uh, he's now working as a mechanical engineer. So when he was a young man, he went psychotic. He spent over a month in a psych hospital. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he was he was out of it. They were giving him massive drugs, shock treatments, that kind of stuff. And he's willing to come out and speak about it. I would love person. to have him on. I would love to have him on and, if he's willing and, to do uh, it. You know, I I talked to him. He 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 only can speak on weekends. That works for me. Weekends work great for me. Let's once we come off air, I would love to chat about that and as well as the the people who work for mass john mass i would love to see if they'd be willing to chat as well um because what you guys are doing again this gentleman's story is that as you said people who believe right now that they or someone they loved is there's no hope for them there's no there's no there's no outlet there's no cure for this and i as you made clear and you're showing it's no 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 there is a way it's just we need to know there is a way we need to know the truth first as you said in everything you already outlined, and I want to create as much of this platform or any of the platforms that will be willing to share, have you on, share this information is going, more people need to hear this because as we go through this and more people are feeling these demonic voices speaking louder and louder for more people is being able to know that there's people like us and people in this realm also going, we can, we're here to help each other. We're here for each other. We want to see everyone be the best version of themselves in the image of God, in the image that we were created and designed to be. So, um, yeah, I would love to, yeah, once we get off, we'll talk more about that. But if you want to leave any last little, you know, notes or comments, things like that, you know, yeah, there's, take- there's, a, we, we put a lot of information on our website at jerrymarzinski.com. That's M A R Z I N S K Y. Go to the blog, go to the articles. You know, there's programs there that will help. You know, we awesome. put a lot of information on there. Um, awesome. You, you can sign up for a, uh, a counseling session and we'll, we'll get you in. I'm, I'm like two months behind, but we'll, we'll work in there somewhere. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and I, you know, being that you are backed up, anyone who is listening, who has family, this and that, I recommend taking, going back, listening to the books that, you know, Jerry's book, but also the, the book by John Mass, start doing the research for your family. Oh yeah. So start. Th- this is the book. I mean, this is, this is the first step of understanding what the voices actually are. Okay. Wonderful. And this is, and I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be pushing that book. I recommend, highly recommend everybody else gets that book. Whether or not you have someone who's quote unquote clinically psychotic, I want it's important for everybody to start paying attention to that because everyone knows the last three years we saw a mass shift in people's, basically their morals. <laughs> and we realized a lot of us are going, what just happened? What is this person doing? What is going on? And so if we read this book, we read the books, the articles, go to the website, you know, before you even try to reach out to, you know, Jerry in regards to one-on-ones, start doing that research yourself. Yes. Start trying to make yes, sense of it so you know you... Can do you have to have that basic foundation in there first before we start moving into the more advanced stuff 100%. To, to, to go into your subconscious and start getting that stuff out. You have to have the basics down. And we've it, it, most of it's provided free between mm-hmm. the book and, the, and our website. Yep. Um, it, it's there. 
Yep. And that's, uh, and that's also the one thing I always talk about uh, in my training is it's going, we have to be out of this mindset, even though Jerry's bringing up such great information, he's being, he's facilitating people's healing. No one can heal you. It is within yourself. It's within your capital self as self. And as well as your, you know, your, your living being, this existence, this, as you said, energy, it's yeah, within and, you. And it's, it's not as simple as taking a pill. You're going to have to do the work. Exactly. You know, I, I can guide you. I can walk you through it, but you have to do the work. And, and some of it isn't easy. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, I, this, this, I will, I'll say this here today. This by far was my favorite conversation. I felt it uh, from beginning to end and uh, it's not a knock to all the other shows I've done, but this one really hit home because there was a lot of sync and synchronicities that led up to this conversation. So for that, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you taking my invite. Um, and for those listening, I know they're excited. They can find you at jerrymarzinski.com. Um, they can go to there. All your information, I'm assuming, is there if they want to reach out, blog, everything, as you said. Um, but, you know, I just want everyone to know that uh, we, we just had a, a what we would call a banger, a great conversation. And I really enjoyed it. So, um, but thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thank it's, you. It's everyone. guys like you that are going to get this out because it, it certainly isn't going to get out through the mainstream media. It's not going to get out through the educational system. It's not going to get out through psychology or psychiatry. They've already made that clear. They made it real mm -hmm. clear. Exactly. This is, this is going to have to come up from the people up. Yep. And more people are willing to listen. And I can assure you of that. So uh, I thank you for the, the kind words. But uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those things that we're going to see a shift in the right direction. I already feel it. I already am experiencing it um, through my own life and the people that reach out through the show. So anyway, Jerry, thank you so much. Everyone listening, thank you. And on that, we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.